Okay. Yeah, that's kind of close, isn't it? It's like uh, 800 miles. 800, yeah, it's not that far away. <laughs> you sound like a Midwestern now. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. 800 miles. I mean, 800 miles. I mean, you got to think. Far away. Well, you got to think, like, in, you know, in, you know, America, 800 miles is like you're still in the same country, you know? Like, you can go 800 miles in USA and still be in the same country, whereas if you go that far in Europe, you know, you're probably in like eight countries away from yours. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host, and by you, I mean Elmer, a.k.a. the bassist of Distant. What's going on, man? That's correct. It's pretty sick that we got you on here. I didn't know if it would be you or the entire band, but either way, I was hyped. So, <laughs> Yeah, this is pretty cool, actually. Are yeah. you guys on a tour right now or going to be on a tour? Yes, we're on our USA tour uh, next month. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I did see a post about that. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go to any of those dates, but, <laughs> but I, uh, I've been with you. I've been following you guys since your first two albums. So mostly, I don't know if I pronounce it right, but uh, Tyrannophobia is that the album? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, False Gods. I bump that shit constantly. Turn that all the way up. <laughs> It's actually pretty amazing that in those first two albums, well, specifically that album, you guys got as many features as you did. Yeah. How do you? How do you? How does the band go about finding like a feature, especially of the scale you guys were getting? It's it's relatively easy for us because, like, if if you watch closely, what kind of features we have, it's all bands that we tour with or play shows with. So it's really people that we love to hang out with. So it's just like friends you met like along the way, or like your managers knew them or something, or just. Oh, it's re- it's really people that we meet along the way, or uh, like with with some of the bands online, of course. Now when mm-hmm. when we had the Corona crisis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's bands that we play shows with. That's kind of cool. Well, it's kind of interesting to me because a lot of those guys are from uh, USA, and and you guys are. You guys are from Netherlands, right? Yeah. So how did you guys end up like on those tours to begin with? Like, how did you grow so, you know, it's not like you guys are a giant by any means, but like to be touring with American bands and know those people is kind of insane. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a long road to get there, of, of course. Like when we first started, we directly wanted to play abroad. We didn't play a lot of shows in the Netherlands and we directly started booking our own tours around Europe. Both me and Ellen are booking agents or have been booking agents. So basically we booked our tours and we asked some other European bands to join us. And along the way, we booked a lot of shows for bigger bands. We met a lot of bigger bands on the road and uh, People really love to hang out with us. We love to hang out with other people. So once that ball gets rolling, you you get on those tours. That's that's so crazy. It's just you know, hard work really does pay off. You know, that's that's wild. Meanwhile, and I'm I'm in a band where we can barely get four people together for practice. Yeah, that's probably the <laughs> hardest part, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, you're right. But yeah, you have to have the same mindset and same dedication and then uh, they will get somewhere. Like for us, in the beginning of distance, we had a couple members that didn't have the same uh, mindset or same dedication and basically uh, we kicked them out. And that's also like how we met uh, our vocalist Alan and our drummer Jana, who are from Slovakia. So that's there's like four countries in between or something between the Netherlands and Slovakia. So mm. you don't just meet those people. It's really because we toured, played shows with their all bands, and then figured out we had the same mindset and didn't mind trying to become. Uh, a bigger European band, even though we're not from the same area. That's that's really cool. I think it's kind of insane that <laughs> the way I discovered you guys was just, I don't know, I think I was listening to, I was just listening to, I don't, it might have been Chelsea Grin or something, and then you guys came on like the radio shuffle, and I was oh, like, yeah. who the fuck are these guys? But it, it's insane how much I think that that streaming and the radio thing has been helping bands like get recognition. Oh yeah, because I don't definitely. think I would have ever found you guys if it wasn't for you know you guys popping up on that radio. Because I wasn't even following the Slam Worldwide YouTube or page, so oh, that's a blessing indeed. Yeah. So was it kind of like you're listening to like for instance Pandora Radio? They do this thing where it's like you're listening to blah 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 radio bands you might be interested in, and it kind of just came up, and you were just like, hey, well yeah, and, and Google Play. Google. I use Google YouTube Music or whatever. And the yeah, when you click on a band, you can cl- select radio, and it'll play other bands like them, like similar to that genre, or whatever. Yeah, and then, I was really surprised that it would quite often play like smaller bands, and I was like, "This is kind of great." That's kind of that's just really cool for the you know yeah. they get the smaller bands out there. Well, and I hate oh, I, I hate I just seeing the same four bands everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah, but that's how those smaller bands get some recognition out as it, well, and it, eventually if they uh, got the motivation and dedication, also become one of those bigger bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, hard work, dedication, it goes a long way. Exactly. But, but you know, I really love that you can just listen to a band that you like and then eventually we'll, it will start playing other bands that are pretty similar and you will discover some new bands. I guess... The metal genre in general, and especially deathcore, people care about those smaller bands, and they don't care about really the name of what band it is, as long as the music is heavy. doesn't matter if it's a big or a small band. Yeah, that genre, unfortunately, isn't like, doesn't really have as much following as, like, you know, say, pop or, you know, the popular genres. So, like, you know, when the metalcore and deathcore fans, when they hear different bands of the same genre they whether they express recognition when recognition is to be expressed you know what yeah. i'm saying because yeah. like our art the fan base isn't as popular as you know the others genres unfortunately so oh but surprisingly it's it's a it's a tight community and tight fan base though like if we travel abroad yeah like like i said we really love to hang out with with other people and you can you can generally see that a lot of people are hanging out at the merch uh, when a deathcore band is is playing or when a metal band is playing in general like 
we had some shows earlier in the year with with Lorna Shore. We played this giant venue that was, that had like two stages or two oh. separate venues inside. And like one of them was like a soul music venue, and was like the bigger the bigger venue in there, and those people had like only one shirt at the merch booth and like everybody ran out directly when the band was finished well everyone at a smaller venue with the deadcore bands everyone kept around kept uh showing up at the merch table that's cool stuff like that yeah good support that's it's always nice to see yeah and jake i think deathcore has been i i don't know it's getting more popular now and i think that I think that bands touring with like bands that aren't in the genre is actually helping them a lot. Yeah, you know it is. It, they're starting to get more exposure, and yeah. and I, I was gonna ask because I was curious. Like over in Europe, how is the fan base for that type of music? Because you know Europe, they're known to produce some pretty you know crazy bands. Like um, uh, like for example, first thing that comes to my mind that I can think of right now is a Monomarth, right? Uh, they're I think they're a Swedish metal band, right? So yeah. I wonder how the that genre of music does in Europe compared to like USA. Oh, that's it's a tough question. It's I know it's kind of hard because like I'm trying to think like I just was wondering how the culture is over there in Europe when it comes to like metal ba- heavy metal bands like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I think it's. Uh, on both sides of the of the ocean, it's like a a, a niche or a, something that only few people in the whole population listen to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it differs that much. But like, if you took look at the total numbers, then of of course, USA is is the bigger player. Like most of our fans are coming from the US, but. In general, the population is just much bigger as well. True. Yeah. The po- yeah. You're right about if that. If you asked that question ten years ago, uh, I think you would see a distinct amount of people in America versus anywhere else. But nowadays, it seems like there are bands up right. Like right now, well, this is more metalcore, but there's a lot of strong bands coming out of Australia. So yeah, yeah. Who would have thought, dude? Australia makes some of the craziest <laughs> artists. I'll tell you what, it's nuts. <laughs> Um, what would you say like your most I, I was going to word it differently but I'm going to word it like this now to not uh, offend anybody who might listen to this but what do you think your most memorable like show to play was like with another band Ooh. Well, I, I keep going back to to the earlier days when people ask about that so when we first went to Eastern Europe and we played with uh, Alan's older band, Thrill Whispers, on this like small local festival. I was really surprised, like how crazy the people are going in Eastern Europe. They they don't care if it's like a Monday or whatever day of the week. They just get smashed. <laughs> and they they also smash in the mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. They don't stand still. <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah, isn't that the worst? You play a show and everybody's just standing. I mean, not the worst, but like, you know, it's hard to stay motivated on stage when you're looking at a group of people who are just standing there. They might be appreciating the music, but seeing movement is so much more motivating. Yeah. 
You know, um, I guess I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit because I was kind of wondering. Um, so all your like all the bandmates, do you guys have like any um, schooling for music background, or do you guys just kind of pick up a bass guitar, for instance, for you, and you just taught yourself how to play, or did you already take lessons? Like how did how did that happen? No, none none of us is is schooled for this. Really, like we all have daytime jobs that are the opposite of of music, basically. Oh, okay. And yeah, we just really love the genre. Like, if if I'm speaking for everyone, and everyone everyone grew up with uh, basically Suicide Silence or mm-hmm. earlier metal bands, and like if you listen to metal, you play an instrument. That's like everyone's a guitarist. Yeah, see, because uh, I, 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 um, I'm self-taught. Um, I have a natural talent for drums, and I do play drums. I mean, I don't play as much as I used to, but I still can get behind a drum set and lay down some beats. So, like, for me, it came very natural, but I see other people trying to play drums, and they have to, like, take lessons, and they have to do this and do that. So I was just curious, like, how you guys just kind of picked up <laughs> instruments and just taught yourself, just kind of picked it up and was just like, hey, you know, this is... This feels right, you know. Yeah. I've got yeah, two. Oh, like for me, I like I specifically started playing bass because I wanted to be in a band with my friends. Yeah, and, and that was your motivator. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And if we took lessons, I just jammed with my friends, and that's that's how I learned. That's cool. Super super popular in all aspects like all genres of metal it's like yeah we just started playing yeah i just picked up <laughs> the guitar it's super and just started playing yeah yeah just uh, have fun i have uh two questions for you since you said that you guys all have daytime jobs uh first off what's your guys's age ranges and then um how do you guys navigate like being in a band but and touring but then also having a job like how does that work out oh yeah it's it's a complicated matter. Like our our average age is. Well, I'm I'm an old guy. I'm thirty two, um, but the others are roughly twenty eight, something like that. Okay. Uh, so when 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 we started a band in two thousand fourteen, yeah, we were in our early twenties. Uh, yeah. So basically, we all. Uh, graduated already and we all had jobs uh, once we started hmm. and uh, yeah it, it differs per person like what what the daytime job is of course uh, and how we have to arrange it with uh, basically food on touring uh, this year but if I look at my uh, like I'm the only one f- for well, it is a bit different because uh, I did a PhD in chemistry and now I'm doing a postdoc in additional chemistry and I'm starting uh, my own company for uh, basically bringing a new cancer drug to the market. Oh, and this you. takes a lot of effort and time. So I, I can be on the road full time. And besides that, I have, I have two little kids. So... Um, I have some responsibilities back at home. So for me, I'm basically trying to join every tour for the first one or two weeks, and then I'm flying back. Uh, for the other guys, uh, they tried to uh, 
basically get uh, some f freelance work, try to do as much work in between tours as possible, and then uh, use that money to basically survive during the tours. That's really risky, but you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, but that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you answering that question made me feel so good, and especially the way you answered it, you're like, I'm old, I'm 32, but like, I'm I'm 28, I have a regular daytime job and a child, and I'm still trying to be in a band, I'm still trying to do like mini tours, I'm still trying for it, so like, hearing somebody else be like, ah, I'm old, but we're like, we're like close in age, and I'm the same age as the rest of the band, it's like, no, I think that we all just come from the same roots of listening to Suicide Silence, Chelsea Grin, and wanting to do this for whatever dream we have. We just keep pushing for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you? How do you know? In that your age doesn't matter anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, like there's a lot of old bands that are in their fifties. They're still in bands, yep. and mm -hmm. that's what I keep telling my wife as well. Like, uh, forget it. I will stay in the band forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish that uh, you could uh, make more money in this category because then you could do it as a job. But yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. Uh, how do you navigate having uh, children at home and touring? Is that a struggle? Because I would think now that I have a child, thinking of that makes it hard for me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a struggle. Of course, uh, they miss me when I'm gone. Like. The last time I was on tour, my uh, boy was almost four. Um, he said, "Like, is Daddy even coming home?" So it was like really heartbreaking. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thinks I was gone forever or something. But yeah, like, I tried to explain him like what I'm doing. He knows about the band. He even recognizes the logo. He knows other guys because we're always staying at my place, and uh, yeah. He, he loves what I'm doing, but it's really hard uh, for the kids if, if I'm gone for longer longer periods. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, that's the struggle. It's like I have a new new newborn, and so does our drummer. And so now like we have a mini tour scheduled this uh, summer. And by mini tour, I mean like three days we're going to three different locations in our area. So, And even that seems like, man we got to leave them for this long and it just feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you got to start with something like that. Like initially I started playing some weekenders or one off shows and gradually started to do uh, longer periods of touring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when you guys are writing your music, just to change gears a little bit off of that, um, yeah. how does the, I know some bands, they'll have, like, the guitarist writes everything, maybe even writes the lyrics. What is your guys' process on how you write music? Yeah, like you said, basically the guitarists uh, write most of our stuff. Like, in the in the past, we really love to jam, uh, but since Corona, uh, we figured out, like, it's, it's easier if we just have the guitarist write initially, then throw some rough ideas at the rest of us and from that we keep on refining and uh, eventually adding the other instruments to it. So like he'll create a rift or like a riff whatever? <laughs> Not a riff, sorry. He'll create a riff and like he'll play and then 
He'd be like, what do you guys think of this? And then you guys would get feedback, and then he would, you know, modify it, and they're like, what about this? And then you guys would take that, and then you just build off of that with other instruments? No, it's more like a complete song already. Oh, okay. uh, but, of course, we have to polish it, especially with the drums. Uh, like, for us, as as a guitarist or bassist, we just write all the the basic drums without any fills, just to get the tempo straight or okay. some indication yeah. of, of how we want the breakdown to sound or something. But uh, yeah, the, then the drums still have to be polished completely. And of course, same goes for the vocals. It's like an additional layer. Uh, and sometimes there are some structural changes, but most of the time when the guitarist uh, Nuri is satisfied, then most of the time we're all satisfied. Well, I have to ask, as a vocalist myself, um, having the guitarist write all the music, for me, it doesn't work, and it it has to work in some situations. Like, I joined a band that already has songs, so I have to fill in with that vocal role, but when it comes to creating music, I have to create music with them at the same time because, like, I'm so specific about my vocal parts. How does oh, yeah. your vocalist fare when it comes to the guitarist writing all the music? Yeah, we, we tried it both ways, and both ways work. Uh, just It's just whatever happens. Like, we can't, can't wait all the time for the vocalist to schedule time and sit down with the guitarist because uh, obviously he's also busy with all the other things going on in the band. Um, so, like, we we basically do both. And then if we if we do something like together with with a vocalist, and most of the time we schedule a Zoom session and we stay all night playing riffs and doing the vocals at the same time, and uh, that's how some of the songs uh, came out. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's it's a struggle for me to have the guitarist write music and then go put vocals on it. I can do it, but it just feels so much more natural to be just jamming with each other until we find something that clicks. But that's just our process. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned in there about making a breakdown sound good or make it sound a certain way, and I have to touch on that because I'm a deathcore fanboy so um when you're when you're creating a song and it comes to the breakdowns i hear a lot of uh criticism about deathcore that's maybe fair that the breakdowns are just inserted to be a breakdown do you guys ever try to like and i already know the answer for myself but i want to get your take on it do you guys try to like spice up the breakdowns to make them uh, a little more interesting than just here's some heavy breakdown well first of all uh, fuck the criticism <laughs> We just love breakdowns, so we we can play them all day, and it's uh, in general just it just flows like how we how we like it. Sometimes, well, I don't know if there's any songs without breakdowns in them because we really love them, but most of the time there's either one or couple breakdowns in our songs, yeah. and yeah, we don't insert them there. Because it needs to have a breakdown. Basically, the breakdown is the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like let's be real. That's the best part. Distant, man. It's only breakdowns. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and like I said, I already had the answer in my head to that. I think you guys do spice it up, honestly. Like with little drum with little drum pieces in the middle of breakdowns that can just that can make the whole thing just change, you know. Um there's an entire genre now just dedicated to breakdowns pretty much, right? Isn't that just beatdown is just pretty much breakdown after breakdown? That's pretty much the whole concept behind that genre now. So <laughs> And I'm not complaining about it. I love it. I'm just saying that's the stuff you will see, you know, if you look around. But yeah, see, I like breakdowns, but I don't. I feel like if I listen to a genre where all their songs is just one big breakdown, I don't think it'd be as like um, satisfying to me because, like, when I listen to me- you know metalcore songs, especially whatever, you know, the first minute, minute and a half is like you know the band, and then you get to the bridge, and then like the build up. And then you're like, oh, oh shit, here it is. This is it. Yeah, yeah. And then it hits, and it's like you know, thirty seconds, whatever it is, and it picks back up, and you're like, yeah, that was good. Now, if I listen to a, a band or a genre where er, like the whole album, the whole three minute song is just breakdowns and breakdowns, I don't know if I would personally like that because mm-hmm. that kind of takes the that t- takes the excitement out of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just it's me, though. definitely not what I look for in like if I'm listening to an entire album, I don't want just like every song to be a bunch of breakdowns but occasionally there's one song where it's all breakdowns you're like fuck yeah man this is great <laughs> uh i guess if yeah. it's good enough you know but. yeah 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 <laughs> uh, depends on how you make how you make the break the breakdowns and what how you define a breakdown basically but, yeah, yeah like what yeah. what we really love is tempo changes mm-hmm. uh, like you said and that's that's what make the breakdowns work really fast bars Combined with slow breakdowns. Yeah, that was the best. I've actually been enjoying a lot of bands have been doing um, like softer music, and then just before a breakdown. So like, like on that latest uh, Enterprise Earth album, they do it constantly. It's like really soft. He's doing the pitch screaming, and it's really beautiful. And then all of a sudden, just fucking punches you in the face, and it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when a band when you can listen to a song and you're like. They wrote the breakdown for this song first, and then we're like, we need to make this into a whole song somehow. <laughs> Sometimes you can tell when they do that. We did it recently with a song that should be coming out as a single um, pretty soon here, but we we wrote the back half of the song is just like a nasty breakdown, and we're like, but we need it needs more is what we said to ourselves. So then the first half of the song is just like blast beats. <laughs> that's that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, I I can't wait to hear your single. By the way, you uh, heard the drum track to to yeah. the one that's coming out. Yeah, but I can't wait to hear like the full like yeah, yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah, all yeah. See, it. that's that's what I'm saying about getting four adults to do what they need to to release a song. Is we've had those drums recorded for how long? Uh, December maybe. Yeah, and I'm waiting on the guitar and bass to be recorded and sent to me so I can mix the track. Oh no. Yeah, so it's just a struggle. I mean. I'll give everybody a break because it's a busy time of year for us all, but yeah. two months, we're going to be hitting touring. We better be ready. <laughs> oh, you can still play those songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. On release, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, except, for, well, and see, we're more slam than we are uh, death metal or deathcore, and so there's a lot of, like, inserting of sound sound bites like uh little clips from movies and stuff uh, that's what the other guys love it's not exactly my uh my choice but i'll put that in there because it's like i want to keep the core of the band how they were um and so 
without those sound clips being edited into the song, we don't really know how it sounds live until we like play it with that sound clip. Mm. So, because I have to clip the sound and I have to put it into the song and then send it to our guitarist, who's who who sets it all up to play on a trigger live. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> And so we haven't even played it with the sound bites yet. We just have the song. Now we need to play it where we're pausing for the sound to play. You know. Oh yeah. 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 yeah it's. <laughs> and, uh, that's what I'm saying is like we got to rehearse these so we get them so we nail them so we can play them so live. Do you guys add like little memes in it or something? Or like... Um. So like for this current song, there's just like uh, in the middle, right before the breakdown, there's a clip. There's like a a little saying from a show. Oh, okay. I got and it, it, that that'll play, and then a crazy vocal part will happen, and then it'll be a breakdown. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I've, I've heard those before. Yeah. And just to tease anybody who might follow the band on this podcast, I've been practicing my tea kettle screams like crazy. So that's what the breakdown is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> God, those things are. Oh, it's so hard to nail it 100 percent of the time, but I'm getting so good at it. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of singing, uh, is the vocalist is is that the only person in your band that screams or do you guys kind of all do background screams with them alive uh so our guitarist vladimir also does the some of the background screams oh so he's kind of the background okay yeah so it's it's a it's up the in the upcoming album we got a couple songs uh with him on it as well and in our recent single uh, arch injustice he got like I don't know, 20 seconds for himself or something. That song slaps, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's good. Well, like, I, I apologize in advance if that was an obvious question because, like, I didn't – no disrespect. I didn't know who you were until he mm-hmm. he texted me saying, you won't believe who I got booked on for our next podcast. I'm like, who? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like the band Distant. And I'm like, like – Okay, I'm like no, no offense. I'm like, I'm like, but who, like, who is that? He's like, here, let me send you a clip. So he sent me a YouTube clip, and I listened to it, and I was like, oh, that's badass. Like, I, I had no idea, you know, I didn't know, and so like, I, I apologize if that was like an obvious question because if any, if anyone listens to your music, they'd be like, well, yeah, duh, this other guy, you know, screams, but. I just I just laughed because in the group in that group that I I, I just joined at the end of last year. And he's just in there posting their new single, and I'm like, wait, the guy from Distance just in a group, <laughs> just, just like sharing a link to their song. I, I was it was wild to me, but then, but then I had to remember you guys aren't like massive by any means. So I was like, I guess it makes kind of sense, but I don't know. It's still, I don't, I don't care, man. That's what I'm. I've been doing for as long as I have Facebook. Like even with my previous band, I always started spamming my singles mm. in the Facebook groups. And I guess it's even like how we got to this, to this point. Like I'm in a hundred Facebook groups or something and I just throw it in there and see if there's some feedback on it or some new fans picking it up. That's cool. Yeah. Because cool. like yeah. I said, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know the band. I never heard of you guys until, like I said, he sent me that thing and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. They're really good. Yeah. Um, who produces your guys' music? Do you guys have a producer, or is it just uh, self-produced? Uh, so we have, at the moment, we're co-producing uh, with Howie from uh, Within Destruction. So he helped us out with a lot of uh, the current songs. And uh, the mix and master and the production is at uh, Simone from Divergent Studios. It's a uh, Italian guy, 
yeah, really great, uh, really great guy, and he's he's really into the down tempo deathcore, and like when when we did Aeons of Oblivion, that was the first album we did with him. We were like really amazed, like how how good it sounded compared to what what we had before and what we had from some other people where we tried to do uh, production. So. Yeah, yeah. I think having somebody who's a fan of of your style of music, mixing your music, is it will help so much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. That's why I decided to self-produce our singles and potentially our upcoming album is because like I've watched hours and hours. I'm basically schooled myself on how to mix things, and because a lot of the mixing, a lot of the producers around here are producers for like pop music and I'm like I don't think you're going to understand or capture exactly what the elements are supposed to be for this style of music yeah you're going to follow that and they're going to be like what is this yeah that's why I decided yeah. to self-produce but you you really need some somebody who understands the genre yeah. like even if it's just the guy who generally does metal it, it won't be it won't be as good as you want it to be you really need somebody who's into specifically your type of genre yeah. and I guess just just listen to the bands that that somebody produces and and how they sound and if you want something similar then go for that yeah. or mm-hmm. try it yourself yeah yeah I like I said I spent countless hours just watching YouTube videos watching Joey Sturgis talk about <laughs> how to edit things <laughs> Like we we are looking into that as well, or we looked into it, but it takes so much time. So basically, we produce our own demos, and then like the final final product is definitely not done by us. It's it's way too complex. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, there is a lot of processes that you can easily fuck up too. So, which is what I'm worried about. But yeah. I won't know until I do until I do it fully for like a whole album. I've done songs, little songs here and there, but. But, oh, I oh I just I had one question I was gonna ask real quick. Go it's kind of off topic again, but um, how did you guys come up with the, your name, Distant? Yeah, so when I joined the band, basically when we when the band was accepted, because before that was just three young guys jamming, mm-hmm. then. Me and the guitarist Nuri uh, joined those three guys because we came from another band that has just quit. Um, yeah, so that's that's how we basically founded the band. And they had some really shitty metalcore name back then. Uh, they never played live or anything. They were just jamming. Uh, but basically, me and Nuri already said from the start, like, Okay, if you want to do this good, then we need a good name. Need something short, something that's not taken already, something that fits with uh, with the heavy mu- music, something that is not that obviously metalcore or something. And then we started brainstorming for a month or something. And distant is what came out of it. That's like how we in, accepted and the meaning behind it basically came a bit later when 
when our vocalist and drummer then joined from Slovakia and war really distant to us. <laughs> yeah, so that that does kind of make sense. That's but, to it. <laughs> yeah, that's also cool. just it's also just ominous and like it's good for metal. Yeah, <laughs> just one, yeah, it is. I was just curious how they came up with it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of uh, branching off of that. How do you guys tend to write, or I don't know who write who writes the lyrics, and then how do you guys tend to come up with like the meaning behind your lyrics, if there is any? There doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, so we got the whole lore behind our lyrics actually, and me and the vocalist Anna wrote a book for that, the Rise of Tyrannotopia. Uh, so that's our first our first book. We're now writing the second and the third one. Uh, actually, and um, that's what I'm doing together with Alan. That's the complete story behind the lyrics. Uh, but the lyrics themselves are written by Alan, who takes little parts of uh, basically the chapters or something that that sticks with him, and then writes a lyric around it. So some of the lyrics are really like a one second snapshot in this year-long journey or years-long journey and some are like a day or something in that journey so your your vocalist is writing is writing a book right or three books technically right you said yeah together with me okay well with you okay so you guys that's kind of crazy so you guys wrote these books and then you guys made songs based around the books because the books themselves have lore to them that's yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Well, then, where do you guys get the idea for the books? <laughs> Imagination, creativity, you know? <laughs> no, I do, <Yeah>. though. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we love movies, we love games. and. So, can I ask, like, what kind of genre? Is it, is it, like, fantasy, or is it, like... Uh... Yeah, so for games, it's, it's fantasy, like Final Fantasy, or okay. Doom Eternal... Uh, so then the books are like based around fantasy as like that right yeah exactly cool <clears throat> hold on I have a cat <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah the only reason I ask about about lyrics is because like in our genre a lot of the lyrics end up being uh, you know like dark ominous violence you know stuff like that and, and my lyrics that I write are all super violent and, and dark, but there's also like a hidden little nugget of like reality in there. And that's, that's why I asked that question. Cause how I come to my lyrics is I look at something in reality that's bothering me or I really like, or whatever's inspiring me. And I put that on paper and then I make it as fucked up as I can. <laughs> so I'm like, let's take this to the extreme depths of my mind. And so I find it interesting when I hear people talk about the way that they, that they write because sometimes it can be like yeah it has this really really meaningful deep meaning but then the lyrics are like just about murder <laughs> <laughs> oh it's 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 something like that indeed so obviously yeah we play into the, the darker thoughts and uh, that kind of vibes and uh, we also really like to match it with the atmosphere of the songs themselves Mm. And yeah, if you if you read the lyrics, you you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. So how do you feel? You said that you guys have played shows with Lorna Shore. 
So how do you feel about their current vocalist, Will, talking about how Deathcore is too dark and depressing and that he's trying to brighten it up with better lyrics? <laughs> oh, in, in some ways, agree, I agree. Like, But then you really have to look back at the, like the first generation of Deathcore bands or the older metal bands themselves. Like, like you said, it's really only about murder and foul and whatever and i think you have to that's it has to be a bit more thoughtful than that mm -hmm. it's not only fuck it all and fuck this and fuck that yeah he's probably trying to brighten it up to get better like more audience or more fan base because not everybody loves listening to songs about murder or rape but or come on but with how with how with how big Lorna Shore just got, like with Will, like they've been a band for so long and they've been graining traction, but now they're massive. And a lot of those people who like Will saw the TikTok of him making the, screen, the, yeah. the noise on TikTok. And now there's a bunch of fans who probably didn't listen to this music before and they probably can't understand his lyrics anyway. So what, what, <laughs> I don't know. I was just saying that's my, maybe that's what he was trying to do. I don't, I'm not sure. But. I mean, they might understand him eventually or look him up, but. You know. Well, I, I guess it's it's just a bit more about giving some meaning to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I was, uh, I was, it can still be heavy. It can still be mm -hmm. fucked up lyrics, but some something more to think about. Fucked up lyrics, but happy chorus. Happy chorus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always do try to stick like uh, metaphors, I guess, or like yeah, yeah, because it. I think it does like enrich the song. You could literally the metaphor could mean something as stupid as murder somebody but it sounds different you use different words to say oh, it yeah. yeah i'm really inspired by old suicide silence so like listening to they they had happy lyrics back then you only live once that's such a motivational song i mean isn't it <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess but yeah <laughs> it, well, i mean but then i also am a big fan of like uh you know old Chelsea Grin, which that they had a lot of metaphors in their songs, but it was all really dark and creepy. So Yeah, they did. Um do you currently listen to uh bands within your own genre? Oh yeah. Okay. Like, especially for me, I only listen to Deadcore bands. <laughs> nice, nice. Go right. to to Spotify, click on a Deadcore playlist or random Deadcore playlist and that's what I listen to and most, most, mostly nowadays, that's also newer songs and newer bands, and yeah, I kind of like it. Like, if you look at it scientifically, then they say that after you're you're thirty, you won't uh, really get into newer bands or newer music, and you will get keep going back to the older music and like. Maybe look at your parents or your grandparents. They will like like the songs of their childhood. Seventies and eighties music, but, yeah. Yeah, but if but I don't know, maybe in metal or in deathcore specifically, it's not really like that in my opinion. Like, I like the older deathcore stuff and the older metal stuff, but still, I keep trying to get into newer bands and listen to new music. See, I think that's my problem because like what you just said, me, I try to, I, I'll go on Spotify and I'll type in like a new metalcore or new, and I'll listen to some of them and I'm like, 
Some are good, some are meh, whatever. But I always end up, and I don't like it either because I want to find new bands too. I always end up going back to like my um, what was be my high school days, so my 2010, 2011, where it was like the old school Asking Alexandria, Devil Wears Prada, uh, In Flames, this, um, uh, All That Remains. Like I go back to those kind of bands still. Like I'll listen, to, I'll I'll yeah. blast All That Remains all day long. I'll listen to every single song by them, you know. Yeah, or no, De- I, or Devil Wars Prada, I I can name like there's at least seven good songs I can think of them right now in my head. I still go back to all those bands too, but, but it's I'm hard. Still but finding new stuff. See, and that's my thing. Like I listen to new metalcore, and I'm like, it just ain't the same. Like to me, I'm like, it don't sound the same. You gotta get, you gotta listen to the may- heavier stuff. Maybe I gotta have a a bro- like a a broaden like view of it. But <laughs> well, it isn't. It isn't the same. You're saying it's not the same, but it isn't. I don't. I don't think they're trying to be the same. Everything's always progressing. You know, those are bands that are bringing in their inspiration from those bands you listed. Yeah, and and that's true. And I should be more appreciative of that. But I'm like on this block thing where I'm <laughs> like, I only like what I like, and I, I. But I don't know. It's just it's kind of frustrating for myself because I don't want to just keep listening to bands that have music from 2000s. I don't make any. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I want to listen to new stuff, but it's so hard for me to find something I like. So what I try to do then is I go back to those older bands and I listen to the new albums. Like, like you said, In Flames, it's it's really my all-time fav- favorite band. But oh. they, for for some reason, I keep liking the newer stuff every time I put something new out. So I listen to the new the newer albums actually more than the older albums. Yeah, I try to listen to the Devil Wears Prada new albums, and it's just not very good. Well, but then again, <laughs> bands like bands like Devil Wears Prada and Ask Alexandria, for instance, which is a weird situation for me because I actually I love the first two albums by Ask Alexandria, and then hate everything in between that and their newest album. So, but bands like those, they're changing dramatically, mostly because they changed as people. Maybe they wanted to chase fame. Maybe they just. Literally, maybe they wanted to they finally wanted to make. Ex- may finally want to express yeah. what they really want to express. So yeah. it could be that you just not gonna like that the new stuff by that band. But there are bands that came up listening to them that are making a similar genre. Yeah, to what I you're should. Used I, to. I need to find some of those bands. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the new Devil's Prada album. I just, I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> and and you'll see that so much in, especially metalcore man. Metalcore bands, a lot of them got super big, and then we're like, we're gonna completely change our sound. Oh, yeah. Whatever choice that was because of, can't say. But yeah, I mean it happens. But, but you lose a lot of fans that way because, like, Asking Alexandria, especially people were like, "Oh yeah, they're a heavy metalcore band. We're into it." But that's not even what Danny Danny never liked making that music to begin with. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember so, seeing interviews about that. Yeah, so it was like it was inevitable that they're he if he ever joined Asking Alexandria again, they're going to be a soft band because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. So it's surprising. It's, it's always the case with uh, with the metalcore bands. But maybe also on the other side, like those were all like high school bands, were really like sixteen-year-old kids mm. starting their first album. <laughs> they really got to become a musician, and then they started playing what they really liked, which is not metalcore. Yeah, yeah, and people, and like you know, when you get older, obviously your your interests change. Like you know, you know, science says like between ages eighteen and twenty-five, as you're growing as an adulthood. Your all your interests you had younger completely changes. Like everything about you, you're a totally different person. So it's possible that you know when they were like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and that wasn't music they wanted to play. All of a sudden, they're like in their thirties now, and they're like, I don't really like this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something I want to enjoy. And then they flop genres, which I can see that happening too. Yeah. What I find interesting for myself is that 
when I was younger, in my teenage years, even my early twenties, it was it was death metal, deathcore, and metalcore, or nothing else. Like I I would not listen to a single other thing. I hated rap. I hated all these other genres, and now. I still couldn't imagine playing any other type of music because, well, I can only make noises. I can't sing. <laughs> so I still love make, producing that and yeah. making that. But at the same time, I'm listening to so much rap and indie and alternative. Like, I, I've opened my mind to my interests, what I'm willing to listen to, but what I'm willing to play stays the same, and I don't think it'll ever change because I can yeah. only make goofy noises. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but what if, what if you could actually sing lyrics, though? Would that change your opinion then? And I've actually tried to teach myself how to sing so many different times, like uh, just singing along to playlists with techniques that I've watched on YouTube, and I've never been able to get it. But if I could sing, I might add some clean vocals. Yeah, to it, but still keep the same roots. But I think it still stay heavy. I would probably do pitch screaming. If I could sing well, I would do pitch screaming. Because I think it sounds so (laughs) fucking heavy still, but it's still clean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's my little rant. (laughs) That's your little rant. Yeah, I've I've listened like when I was in um you know, I never listened to that kind of music until in, when I was in high school and my buddy in high school actually introduced me and you guys are going to laugh at me, but the hardest the most heaviest band that I got introduced to first and it's not heavy, I understand, but Slipknot. Slipknot's pretty heavy. He introduced me, but it was the older Slipknot stuff, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and that was the first introduction to that type of genre, I would say. And then that went from Slipknot, then I went to like you know, then I went to like Disturbed's not as heavy, but then Disturbed. But then I got to all that remains, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then it was In Flames, and then it was like all those bands. And then next thing I know, I'm listening to There Was Prada, I'm, even Attack Attack. I mean, I, yeah, Attack it, Attack. Yeah, I mean, Attack so good. It just, <laughs> I went like, it, then it just kind of went from there, and like that's the only genre that I've listened to. And now as I'm older, I like you, I'm listening to rap a little bit more. Um, alternative is okay. I would not listen to indie. I don't like indie at all. But alternative is good. I listen to alternative music. I still listen to rock and like modern metal, like you know, just regular metal music. But metalcore is still my favorite, though. I would say metalcore. I like metalcore more than like death metal or like any of that stuff. Yeah, which makes sense that you don't listen to a lot of deathcore because deathcore is just death metal and metalcore had a baby, so. Deathcore, I'm sure I would. Okay, name a few deathcore bands. Uh, Distant. Okay, okay, yeah. I like. Obviously, I like them. But like, is there any other ones you could think of? Um, yeah. You want me to just go through a list? No, just name a few. All right, Traitors, Spite, Wretched Tongues. Spite's good. Black Tongue. Okay, never heard of the other ones. So see, my my, I guess I, <laughs> I don't have a. Like I said, I gotta listen to more. I gotta get my. Uh, I just made a huge post on Facebook. Somebody asked for some deathcore recommendations, and my post is like. This long. Uh, For this genre. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, how do you feel about the gatekeeping that comes from death metal and the genre that we both love, which is deathcore? Oh fuck them! Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with him. I mean, I'm in a group. I'm in a group on Facebook where all they do is shit on deathcore the whole time. It's yeah. I was going to say, imagine being in a band, but you're in a band, so you, you already know. Yeah. You already yeah. gave me push. If you, if you start spamming those Facebook groups and then you end up in a, in a dead metal group, <laughs> and they can only say how shitty this, your song is. That's, you're going to have haters. Yeah. 
And it makes me hate it too because I like death metal and I love death metal bands. And it's just like, man, why do these guys got to be like this? They, they're bringing down the whole entire scene of music, it's just in general. That's, yeah. it's, that's just the internet, man. Yeah, a bunch of haters and trolls and all that. I mean, gatekeeping to a limit makes sense, but it would be an obvious gatekeep. Like, we wouldn't have to say anything. It'd be like, when you hear Taylor Swift, you know she's not death metal. <laughs> like, that's obvious, but like. <laughs> But we also oh, don't but, have to hate Taylor Swift just because she's not metal, although I don't like her. But that's not my point. <laughs> no, but it's, that's why, that's again why I love Deathcore, because everyone is open-minded to watch other genres. Like, Deathcore gets inspired by a lot of genres. We keep evolving, we keep putting new stuff into our music, we don't stick to our 1970s patterns mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. try to gatekeep that because that's yeah. that's what I think those other showers are doing. They're sticking to their old patterns and they're afraid to change and anything that comes close to their genres. Yeah, one thing that I love to see and actually I can re-answer your question about if I would ever do clean singing. Um, bands like uh, Darko US and uh, Polyphia, those two bands specifically I can think of, they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, There's no genre. Like, you couldn't tell me what genre they are. You could. But you could. Polyphia is like the gent, isn't it? They're, yeah, they're gent, but gent, yeah. but their last album, man, they had uh, pop songs, they had rock songs. They did, they yeah. Had, so it's like you couldn't tell me what genre they are, and I love that about them. Like, if a deathcore band comes out and just their album is just like spread across multiple genres. I'd be happy with it. Yeah, you get a little bit. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And in general, a lot of people are happy with it. Uh, of course, you still have those haters and those gatekeepers that say, "Yeah, the oldest song was the best song ever," or whatever. But like, we as a band, we don't we don't care that much. Like, we care about our fans, but we just make the music that we want. If if that's really fast that core right now, then next album could be down tempo again or beat down. Get, gonna keep yes. your uh, fans on the toes, on their toes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna oh, hit you, can, you can hear it in our in our singles that we released of the upcoming album already. Like I was I was watching some of the reviews about them already, and like nobody nobody seems to get like where we're going because like all these singles are. Uh, different genres already. <laughs> Jeez, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty allergic to cats. Like if if she if the cat gets up in my eyes, or whatever, I'll start like my eyes will swell up and get all puffy. So I, that's why I keep trying to push the cat off. You know what I would love to do that I don't think enough bands do with releasing singles is like release a single that's just balls to the wall, crazy heavy, like the heaviest shit you ever heard, and then when the album comes out, <laughs> it's just like rock. Yeah, they have like one like one heavy song on the album, and then like you're all hyped for it, and you're going through all the songs. You're like, "That's it." Oh man, uh, that'd be kind of funny. Funny. Well, that's that's annoying though. It'd be annoying. It'd be like it'd be like a big troll. But I mean, like if you were known to do stuff like that, I guess it'd be funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you said that most of your features come from uh, touring with bands and so kind of hanging out with the guys that you guys feature in your songs. Uh, so I guess maybe this question 
maybe I already know the answer to this question, but have you guys ever considered ha- featuring somebody from outside of your uh, genre or like even heaviness? Like, uh, like f- the first thing that comes to my mind, and I don't know why, maybe because I've been listening to a lot of them, but like randomly you guys feature Vic from Pierce the Veil. <laughs> you know, Pierce like. Oh, yeah, we definitely into that, that kind of stuff. I think it will still happen in more extreme ways in the future, but like in the past, on a previous album, we had, uh, um, we had Alpha Wolf on there. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, for a deathcore future feature that's really out of the box. I, yeah, they're more like metal core kind of. Or what about maybe uh, Ronnie Racky from Falling in Reverse? <laughs> um, I'm about to go see Wealth of Wolf actually next month. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm playing with uh, North Lane and uh, Fit for a King and yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is I love those softer metalcore bands and I would love to hear them like pairing up with like deathcore bands just to do some like random vocal spots. Oh yeah. That'd be so good. Then you get Ronnie Racky, you do some rap. <laughs> Gosh, I actually love Falling in Reverse, which is depressing because I don't love any of the stuff they're doing now. <laughs> hey, I like their drummer, though. Luke Holland, he's a, he's a beast. Yeah, but he wasn't their drummer before. No, he it? wasn't, no. He just got added on like a year ago. But Luke Holland, you, you oh, look him up on YouTube. You know who Luke Holland is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. fucking beast. He is like... I would fight this the day I die. The best drummer on YouTube. Period. His, but his. Have you heard the drummer of Dealer? It doesn't matter. Oh, you meant you said on YouTube. On you YouTube, made this caveat. Like, like Luke. Luke Holland is so technical with his with his beats, and like it's it's so it's it's so good. It's so clean, so precise, precision, accuracy. It's just it's it's unheard of. It's really he's really good. But uh, yeah, I like the drummer Falling in Reverse, and I like some of their music too. But Ronnie Racky's just, just I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie's just Ronnie. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I'm stoked to go to that concert. I gotta buy my ticket still. Oh yeah, yeah, he's going too. Yeah, fifth, the fifth for a king and uh, North Lane and all them. Yeah, that'd be, that'd yeah. be good. What's your um, favorite artist that's not any type of rock or metal? Oh, that's a good question. Are you asking me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Asking you, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I don't. I'm a bit close-minded in that perspective, I okay. guess, because I only, I, I really only listen to metal. Like yeah. if I want to relax a bit, or like tomorrow I got to take a early train, and probably I'm listening to Deftones. Deftones, okay. okay. That's the the Still rock, still rock, still yeah. rock. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. Break stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been a fan of Limp Biscuit, but I get I get the appeal. I he's, definitely do. He's pretty. I mean, he's all right. <laughs> I listen to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit's a whole band, but well, yeah, Fred. But you gotta think of the singer. Fred Durst is not Fred the Durst. only <laughs> member in the band. Yeah. The band's actually really good. It's Fred Durst that I don't like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The music is actually really, really good. But all that all that uh like new metal from back in the day I feel like inspired so many uh deathcore artists too. Oh yeah? You think so? I don't know, because new metal they were like doing 
they were do they were hated on too. Like just like Deathcore, they were despised in like the rock industry because they were doing something so different. Yeah, but you know, um, Lincoln Park kind of broke that. New metal, um, we wouldn't have been there, I guess. Like especially the core genres. Yeah. Like of course, like that core, metalcore, it comes from that metal. But really, I guess the spice comes from the from new metal. Like a lot of typically current deathcore and metalcore bands. You really heard those grooves coming back from the from the new metal genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw yeah. I saw a uh, Memphis May Fire cover a Lincoln Park song uh, on YouTube uh, like a year or two ago, and I forgot what song it was, but it's pretty good. It's all right. But I mean, like I think Lincoln Park, they're new metal, right? You classify yeah, them as new metal? They were. <laughs> but like, but like, I mean, but like back in the like in the two thousands when Lincoln Park, because you got to think, because you said you said new metal was hated on and it was like mm-hmm. biscuit. Yeah, and yeah. I would say corn was a new metal, right? Would you put corn in new metal as well? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. They like they are like the new metal. Yeah, band. they're like they're <laughs> like they were starting it, but then like Lincoln Park is new metal, but they kind of changed it because everybody loved Lincoln Park, you know. But they're a new metal, and then like now all of a sudden new metal was popular. I guess you can say. Well, yeah, Slipknot blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I saw like go, going back to how you said most meta, most metalcores and uh, groups their roots were new metal. Like I said, you know, I saw Memphis May Fire do a tribute to Lincoln Park, and I'm sure they love Lincoln Park. You know, so they probably did a cover of one of their songs. And I've seen a lot of bands like that do covers of um, older older songs. That it's actually pretty good. You saying Memphis May Fire just reminded me of how bad of an experience I had watching them live. They they opened for another band. I, was, I can't remember what band I was going to see. But I don't know if it's necessarily their fault. But, like, whoever did their sound did it terribly. And all you mm-hmm. could hear the entire time was the bass drum and nothing else. No vocals, no guitar. All I could hear is... Was it the venue, maybe? It could have been. But, like, the, the band before them and the band after them, I remember, sounded good. So oh, yeah, <laughs> they just the sound bad, guy just fucked them. They just had a bad mixer or something. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a... That's a fun question for both of you guys. What's like the worst experience you've had watching a band live? Yes, yeah, st- stuff like that. But mostly, like the worst experience is when when a band doesn't want to play. You can obviously see it that they just, I don't know, smashed or tired or they don't want to be there. Yeah. and they just play. They just play like three or four songs and then they're off the stage without thanking the audience or whatever. Then, then it's a real bummer. Like if you're, you're coming to a concert, especially to see that band and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it'll really change your perspective on them real fast. Um, yeah. Me personally, I saw it was, it was, um, what were the bands? It was Breaking Benjamin and then it was Under Oath. I think it was Skillet. That sounds like a bands that would play together. <laughs> it was it was it was how many years ago it was, but anyways, I was listening to them and Skillet and Breaky Benjamin. They were good, like the sound quality was good. But like you said, when Underworld came on, it was so bad I couldn't hear anything. It all sounded like it was just muffled together. Well, and yeah, well with that lineup, Skillet and Breaky Benjamin are like way cleaner. Of bands than Under Oath. They, Under Oath no, was you're a lot right. more grungy. Yeah, so they, like, they are. Yeah, you're right. It, it, could was, just be, it could just be a sound tech, though. The it, sound tech was good for the type of music that Breaking Benjamin and Skillet are. Probably was, because Under Oath came on, and all I heard was just like... 
I couldn't make out any of the. I mean, I knew I know some of under those songs, so I, I knew the lyrics, but I couldn't make out any of the lyrics he was singing. And also, I couldn't even. All I heard was a gu- like guitar, and it was like that was it. Also, it was just it depends on how long ago it was. Under oath, they might have still been amateurs, so they might not have known how to properly carry uh, their stage presence. It was probably like five years ago, maybe. Oh, that's not. They were popular then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like when they were just starting. It was like four or five years ago. Yeah. Huh. Yes, yeah, so I don't know what happened there, but that was probably the worst. All the other bands I've seen have been really good. Yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen a Vince Sevenfold live like two or three times and they're phenomenal every time and then like I saw Bullet for Valentine live they're really good live too I believe it not for Avenge but yeah <laughs> Avenge is a little I like older Avenge stuff. I just don't like Avenge Sevenfold but uh, um, what is the worst experience you've had on stage or like I don't know maybe you'll go somewhere with that but um, yeah so a couple years ago played we played one of our first bigger festivals, and like right after a breakdown, I fell through the stage. You fell through oh, the shit. stage? <laughs> like it was two meters high, and Ooh. like the, because we were stomping around, uh, the stage started shifting a bit, and like all of a sudden, I was like two meters down. I was like, "What the fuck happened over here?" Did you so did you did you break anything strange. or? Luckily, I didn't. I didn't die, but it was really <laughs> was really uh, tough experience. Have you guys had any like technical difficulties with instruments and stuff? Yeah, it that's, always happens. So like, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, of course, you get you get better at it, and it's not like every concert is something where something goes wrong. But especially if you play tours and you play in different countries then they have different power sources Mm. sometimes you play in countries where the power is shit in general and the power goes out just a couple times during a show even Um, just gotta keep it going I guess huh yeah can't do anything about it I've seen uh, you guys probably seen this too but that popular I think it was trending on TikTok for a while too but uh, Polyphia's drummer, his internal track, uh, I guess it was a metronome or something, but like it stopped working. He's wearing so, his ears. Yeah, so yeah. he didn't have any metronome to help keep tempo. So the drum tech came out and was like tapping his foot, like tapping <laughs> his leg as as like um, the metronome, whatever, like, the key beat. And he did that for the whole show, like the drum tech did. Like, that's kind of wild. It. It's super important for a band like them, so I could see why that would be. Yeah, the case. for like for a music like that. Yeah, he the way they switch their tempos and stuff. Like he, yeah, the, it, the drum tech did it though. Yeah, if that were like deathcore, they'd probably just fucking play it anyways without anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Polyphia to keep up with to keep up with uh, Tim Henson's guitars, like yeah. rhythms and everything. Yeah. You gotta have a metronome, bro. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a, yeah, it, it stopped working, but yeah, they ended up doing a really good job on that show. Yeah, that's always, as a vocalist, that's always my biggest nightmare is that when I'm gonna go perform, that just that day, my voice is gonna be like, shit or whatever like something's gonna go wrong i'm gonna get that's, sick that's or probably whatever. like everybody's like worst fear probably when it <laughs> like at least if i have a if i'm a guitarist and i have a bad cold and my throat isn't working at least i can still play guitar yeah but like what if your strings you know break or something happens sure. if you have multiple guitars if your string like, breaks you, know, you can replace it if your vocal cord breaks 
you, they find yeah. in your vocalist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, yeah. Well, just just play shows and you will. <laughs> yeah. If it's experience it and cope with it and learn how to cope with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I've been so, I've been like, doing tutorials and I I I know how to scream when I'm sick, but like it doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Like if it's if it's just one show, it's okay. But like for us, we all always fear like getting sick or something's happen at the beginning of a tour. Then you still got to play thirty more shows. That's that's the real fucked up part if something goes wrong. Yeah. So we try to stay a bit more healthy nowadays on tours. Don't try to drink that much anymore. Yeah, don't do not do that. <laughs> and like for me, I, I always loved joining joining Mosh Pit for, uh, for the other bands. But I, I, I try to be a bit more careful because like sometimes you hit your thumb too hard and then like you said you can't really play uh, that nicely anymore yeah you can't really play guitar if your fingers yeah. are all messed yeah, up yeah see I'd be more worried about that yeah. than my string breaking yeah it's true yeah true. so um, one quick question for me again so going back from you know we said like your worst experience what what was like your favorite like what is your favorite band you've ever seen live like your favorite all time band that was just either the best sound quality or just your favorite band of all time or just whatever what was your best band you've ever seen live Ooh, also a tough question it's a tough one keep changing keep changing time to time like a lot of bands that that have that have been my favorite band in certain periods yeah but like what I can think of right now is for example the last tour that we did with the Spice Tiger which were really Ooh. my icons back in the day and I'm playing 30 shows with them seeing them every night um, yeah that made me OG, go into the mosh pit every night when they played MVP again That's, <laughs> yeah that, that'd be, that'd be kind of crazy uh, what about you Taylor what's your favorite band the best show I've been to best show yeah um you know, I went to a. It was, uh, I believe it was Chelsea Grin with Tom from Lorna. So after Alex, and they were playing with Spite and Traders, and I think that whole concert might be my. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Traders live is so fucking good. I think Traders. I think I might go to Traders. I think I I, I can top it. I can top it. And uh, this past August. I saw Rammstein live. <laughs> well, they put on a show. I'll let me tell you, tell you yeah, but let me tell you, the show they put on is like ridiculous. I mean, the fire technics, the theatrical things they do. They had a ba- they put a baby carriage up on the stage and lit it on fire, and they had a baby burning on like the big screen on fire. <laughs> like <laughs> it was wild. I mean, then they then they sang their song. I think it's called like "Pussy," and they brought out their dick yep, cannons. Checks out. Yep, the dick cannons. Yeah, the dick cannons. <laughs> the whole show was just. It was. I'm sorry, but I, nothing can top that. I might be alone here when I say, do you think that they focus so much on theatrics because they're not good at music? Or? They have a few good. I like a few <laughs> of their good. They have a few good songs. I like some of their songs, but like, yeah, they focus a lot on their. I mean, I forgot how they spend like over hundreds of thousands of dollars per show. 
to set everything up. They have like over like 30 semis. It takes a week to set up. I mean, their stage alone was just massive. Like their speaker setup. Their, I mean, everything was just crazy about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. You just have to go to see a show. That's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they do the, the do Haas cannon, right? So they do the do Haas and they, the singer comes out with this, you know, backpack, whatever. And he shoots, he shoots it out, but it's on zip lines, but it's like a firework thing that goes up the zip line. And it hits the, uh, the fire columns and then it just shoots fire up out. And I'm like far away from the fire and I can feel the heat on my face. And then it, then the do Haas cannon comes back down and then like a big explosion happens on stage mm-hmm. and then they start doing the and it's just, it's just, it was wild. See, but my whole thing is like, if I were to go to a Rammstein concert, I think that I would have to go for free. Otherwise I'm just going to pay to go to like a circus. Yeah. It was like 200. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I paid two sixty. Yeah. That's crazy, man. <sighs> that's fucking nuts. I, when I could go see trade, I went and watched traders for 30 bucks. No, you're I, no, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna go see this band in February for twenty five bucks. Like, yeah, can't 20, beat that. twenty five bucks for four bangers of bands. Yeah, like, no, Kingdom of Giants is there. Alpha Wolf, Northlane, like, yeah, that's not, what I'm talking about. You're not wrong. And but. they might not have fucking fire shooting up and all sorts of shit, but they're gonna put on a, a good show. You know, I've watched Fit for a King. This will be my eighth time seeing them live. Really? Yeah. So like, I know they put on a good show. Always do. Every time. Well, I can't wait so, to see them. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything uh, you could go ahead and plug your new album show dates, whatever, and then uh, if you have anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on, now is your chance. Yeah. Listen to our new singles and buy our upcoming album, Heritage, which is coming out the 10th of February. Okay. Go stream it. Perfect. I'm going to link all of that in the description. Yeah, I was going to say, link, get some links and then link it, yeah. And you said that you guys are on a are going to be on a U.S. tour, so I think I'll I'll link that to make sure that people can see where the dates are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But before you do that, may I ask, are they coming near us? I don't remember. I, I looked at the dates and then was like, can't go to any of these. So, are, are you coming anywhere close to Minnesota? Do you know? I don't know. Or is it Maine? Is it Maine? What is it? Like half of the shows are sold out already, and uh, I don't. It's just one round trip uh, around the USA, but we're still adding a couple more show dates. I think we're announcing them next week. So who right, knows? Well, I'll get that link from you then, and then I'll look and see. Because if they're going to be coming close, I would love to. I would oh. definitely go see you guys. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys will be back around at some point. So. I'd be like, I'd be like in a monster. I'd be like, see that bassist? Yeah, I talked to him on the podcast. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I uh, really appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on. It's been a good time. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a great talk. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to stay updated, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, my name is Jake. We'll see you next time. Bye.